Yes, guys, what's good? You are tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. And my name's Gens, and we have Halima and Simran on air as well. How are you guys doing? Um, all right. That's that's all right. <laughs> all right. It was the most lackluster entry we've ever done. Like. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> I'm great. I'm doing absolutely fantastic on this Wednesday. Lies. Yeah, lies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Lying through your teeth right now. They're trying to bring me down. <laughs> For those of you who aren't aware, we've just had uh, how long? Like a 15, 20 minute rant. <laughs> we've literally just spent 20 minutes ranting to each other. So can't believe we have to work to earn money to live. I think it's disgusting. Ugh. We just had a massive like half an hour rant about capitalism. I think it's disgusting. Mm. Honest to God, I think it's I think it's unethical. I think it's immoral. I think it's disgusting that you have to work for a living. By the way, guys, for those of you who aren't aware, I've started a new job. <laughs> yeah. And you were saying it's not even the job, it's that just working, isn't it? Like the idea of I've got to wake up in the morning to work. I've got to spend half of my waking hours at work. I've got to do work. Oh my god! And all of this mm. so I can do. And then you got Simran with the four-hour lectures. Oh my god! Yeah. So, I mean, I was just saying, like, I know I I understood that masters was going to be more like hard work, more hard work. It was going to be harder work than undergrad was. But I think having literally half of my undergrad on Zoom. And not having face to face anything and like literally just almost breezing through it because there was no interaction or engagement that mm. now having things in real life while I do enjoy having them in real life and I massively engage way 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 better with like lectures and the content and like um the stuff they're trying to teach us now I'm engaging with it way better than I was in my undergrad just because it is face to face it's just a like smack in the face though compared to like waking up, doing a lecture from my bed, and then just like going back to sleep, not really doing the work, not really engaging with the content, not really listening. Now it's like, I just feel permanently exhausted. Got my first assignment, it's due on Monday. Um, like it's going well, but the, the like going back to like reading articles and making notes and then referencing them and citing your sources and writing an essay. Like I haven't done that with like mm. complete engagement at least for a good couple of years now. I'm it's this other thing makes you think I think the people I've maybe feel or one of the demographics of people I feel most sorry for are the people that started high school during the pandemic or at the start of the pandemic because these people I know people that were in year seven when the pa- pandemic started and I think they're in year 10 now or something yeah. and they've literally what? They, I, I think they or maybe they've only had one full year of high school like actually in school yeah. sort of thing and it's just like I, I wouldn't have learned anything, you know what I, I mean? Know. No, I can't, I can't tell you anything from my undergrad, honestly. Like, I barely know any knowledge and stuff like that. Like, people are like, oh, psychology, like, tell me something, teach me a fact. I'm like, I can't. I Like, you know as much as I do. Like, I haven't retained anything from the last two years because my second year was full of strikes and then COVID, and then my third year was all COVID. So this year, coming back to it, is like a literal, like bus here getting hit by a bus and just being like whoa my brain needs to like absorb information again like going back to like a level times your brain was a literal sponge and trying to force my brain to do that again like working for long periods of time and another thing I think TikTok has really ruined like the neurology of my brain and I'm not even joking my attention spam out the window I mm. need like constant entertainment like constant stimulation and all these different parts of my brain because I've been reading up on TikTok and like the reason why it's so addictive is that when you scroll and scroll and scroll and you're seeing different types of content it's engaging different parts of your brain it's eliciting different emotions and it's firing up different neural networks that basically mean that you want every single part of your brain to be stimulated constantly therefore you keep scrolling keep scrolling keep scrolling you don't get that kind of stimulation anywhere else Mm. that's psychology though yeah that's my own psychology that's something you're basically working when you're on tiktok (laughs) yeah so like Mm -hmm. i find myself like today i've done like an all right amount of work considering i've been in like lectures and meetings for five hours today but like i'll I'll write a sentence in my essay 15 minutes on tiktok go back write another sentence 
another 15 minutes on TikTok. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I, my brain needs, like, satisfaction from TikTok at this point. It's bad. I feel you, man. I understand. That's, that's, that, 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 that's been me since pre-TikTok. That's, that's my brain. Just That's an ADHD brain, not, like, normally. Yeah. <laughs> like, without, without any outside stimulation. I'm starting to wonder if I should go get an assessment at this point. It's just... <laughs> yeah, they'll make you wait four years. So go. Yeah. If you're serious, go. By the time you're 25. I did an online one. And the thing was like the maximum score was 50. I got 48. Yeah. Yeah, go get your assessment then, bro. I got that, but with autism. Like, not oh. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. But like, yeah, again, it's just a shame because like the wait is so long. It's if you don't get it when you're in school, sort of thing, it's it's quite yeah. hard to it's ridiculous. Yeah. My work have been quite good at it though. Like they've given me private <clears throat> like um consultations, um and like made like you know uh, personalized like managerial reports with me and stuff like that and they've made like workplace amendments I like that. and all that kind of stuff so that's good that's but, what my degree is about that's actually crazy yeah but the whole the whole thing about like oh the jump from undergrad to master's I feel that but except it's an even bigger jump than from education to work life bro like at least with education you could still kind of small small slack you shouldn't but like you kind of be it my guys, how come I'm on Teams and like it tells you when I'm on and when I'm off? <laughs> you can't, you can't hide. You can't hide. You can't hide. Oh, oh, keep your mouse pad like active. Do you know what I do? I go on YouTube, guys. I'm gonna. Oh, if anyone from where I'm working is listening, guys, don't look, don't just turn it off. Don't listen to what I'm about to say. But like, <laughs> you know when people on drill self snitch. Yeah, what's that MF song where he's like rap snitches, it's like sitting in court telling all the star witnesses? You get it, but let's just say I'm not, I'm, I'm working smart, not hard in it. Let's just say that. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Can neither confirm nor deny. Things people, like attach a stick <laughs> to like a fan and then the fan like rotates and they put the stick on the mouse pad and they're like no, basically what you need to do is you need to go on youtube you need to type in like a 10 hour jazz instrumental <laughs> put it on mute and then your laptop stays on oh my gosh ah. before we start what's Stick it called it <laughs> right we're not condoning this, by the way, guys. This is just like this is stuff we've seen I'll online. Yeah, I absolutely am. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. I don't feel bad stealing from capitalism. Mm-mm. Sleep, sleep on work hours, guys. We deserve it. Speaking of social media, how were you guys when Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp all went down the other day? Not gonna lie, I was fantastic because it made me make my plans for my essay. Mm. Oh, I was sitting there and I banged work out and I was like, right, this is actually a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I was fine. I'm not like I'm not I'm not um like a social media addict or anything like that. Like I'm fine. I don't spend tons of time on social media anyway. So mm. it didn't really bother me to be honest. Yeah, no, I was kind of living for it, considering that my um, current job is basically majority social media anyway. I was just like, oh, oh yeah. what, what a shame. I can't do anything. Oh, well. <laughs> Goodbye. Oops, sorry. Yeah. I found it, you know, it's really refreshing. And it, I, I know, like, yeah, obviously it was a few hours and we were like, oh, it's surely it's going to come back. And then it got to, like, the later hours of the evening and it was still down. And I was kind of just like, you know what? I've missed life before all this. Yeah. Like, but it really no, makes me <laughs> But I, I really recommend, so me, I go on like a social media cleanse. So like every few, every like three, three months or so, I'll go off all my social media. I'll deactivate all my social media for one month. Um, and I find that basically after I come back, so at, at least one month, sometimes it's longer. Um, and then I find that every time I come back then, my usage is significantly reduced because you're just not in the habit of, because because basically open so then say say I'm using it for every three months I'm using social media I don't use it for one month for the three months that I am using it by the time I get to the end of those three months I find that I kind of like instinctively just pick up my phone to go on social media even just as like filler do you know what I mean Not, even I won't even actually scroll or look at anything I'll just click on it just instinctively um so then it's good to like break that habit um so I would definitely recommend people like to go on regular social media cleanses yeah i think there's almost like an inbuilt reluctance to do that just because 
so much of everything is just on social media whether it's work or just keeping up with stuff like you know, oh sorry go on i say you're almost like scared to take that cleanse just in case you're like what if i miss something really important yeah. like I slightly that's why I like it I like because guys I'm not gonna lie I'm terrible I don't know if you will Carlos you'll know how bad I am at like replying to messages and stuff like that like and that's even me prioritizing your messages because it's like radio related but for me I like it I like the fact that people can't contact me I have a, I have an mm. excuse to uh, messages for weeks I yeah it. I like being inaccessible I, I once didn't, you know, in my undergrad, in my second year, I didn't have a phone for seven months. What? Yeah, I actually didn't. I didn't have any. I had a laptop and that was it. And them times I was basically living by myself as well. I honestly couldn't do that because I think I'm honestly, first of all, I'm a slave to modern technology. And I wonder if that's a difference in our ages, because I know kids younger than me are worse than I am, even by a two, three. Yeah, my little sister is terrible. Oh yeah. My How old is she? <coughs> she's about to turn 13 but she will literally like I, I will have to like we have to like give her times to go on her phone and and it's yeah. tiktok and it's tiktok and i think I, you know what i'm not gonna lie i do use tiktok i like tiktok i think it's great very entertaining but how can you be on it for hours and hours and you're still not like I can just, you're not running out of content i can be on that app for like i think my longest thing must have been maybe over an hour like just looking at my screen on TikTok. This is like peak lockdown. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's because of what I just said, like the amount that it stimulates your brain, your brain like literally doesn't want to like go off the app because <clears throat> TV is so much more boring. Even though back in like 2005, looking at TV was like, <laughs> we have all week. Mm, yeah. But I don't know. I, 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 I'm not like, it's not like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't have any kind of like, you know, phone addiction or technology addiction or whatever, but I also like, you know what, for me, I think I just like being inaccessible because the, the reason I didn't have a phone for seven months was because it broke. <clears throat> and then obviously in the midst of trying to get a new phone, I kind of realized, hang on, my life is kind of a little bit less stressful because people aren't like, like just I've got no one to answer to do you know what I mean and then before I knew it, it'd been seven months and the only the only reason I ended up having to get a new one was because um I moved to like a new city for like a new for an internship and I needed a phone for that but otherwise I probably would have gone longer you know mad I mean I suppose did you at least have like a burner or no no nothing literally uh... nothing I had my laptop, so like, I like every few days, I'd like you know FaceTime audio my mom or whatever, let her know I'm alive, and that was literally it. I feel like it's one of those things that I definitely plan to do, but I know it's not practical for me to do it while I'm in university because it's just now is a time for me that I need my phone to get through certain things. I need to be in constant contact with people, and that, actually, that leads me on to another thing I was thinking about how like you said that you were living on your own that was fine like it didn't bother you and stuff but like me I'm I've realized I'm a massive extrovert in that sense and not like extrovert in like the way that everyone says it like oh you're confident and bubbly and blah blah blah, blah. not like that in terms of like, actually <laughs> on the scale of like introversion and extroversion that you derive like your energy from being around other people and like that's how you thrive and that's how you basically like are in your most optimal environment whereas introverts get their energy from being on their own and recharging and being like um in their own space and being comfortable there extroverts are literally the opposite and i realize i find myself way further along on the extrovert scale than introvert in that i kind of always need to be like constantly surrounded by people and being ill these last three days thinking it was covid guys it's not covid but thinking it was covid obviously not like seeing anyone I isolated from my flatmates I didn't go into uni I was like this sucks I was actually going crazy like I don't think I saw anyone all day yesterday and I was just like oh my god like no yeah, I think I I to be fair this might be an interesting like um episode um like discussion for, for a future episode but my second year was very interesting because I think I took that too far like I'm I do I'm, I mean I would not call myself an introvert by any definition but like I do enjoy my own space from time to time and I think in my second year I took that whole thing of like oh I enjoy my own space to a whole different level I basically I just had like one massive dissociative episode in my second year <laughs> like it was just I just was not there I wasn't there honestly guys but where would you say you lie on it Carlos massively on the introvert scale 100 percent 
I don't really like people. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, not that I don't like people. Ow. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think of you guys as people. I think of you as like the chosen ones. Like, you know, what I mean, no, but, like, yeah, no, but <laughs> but no, it's just I do definitely. And to any future employees out there, I am a team player. I work yeah. really, I work really well with people. Um, but if I'm being totally honest, I work best by myself. Um, I like my own company to the extent that sometimes I think it can be a negative thing because I do thrive so much in my own company. Yeah. Um, like I remember when I was, I I did a year in industry and I was in Leicester for that, and I lived in a um, studio flat by myself. Mm-hmm. um for a year and then when I went back for final year of uni I found it so hard to adjust back to the idea of like actually seeing people all the time like I just really didn't like it um so yeah mm-hmm. any introverts out there I think definitely thrive in whatever way you need to thrive but don't yeah. put yourself off completely because mm-hmm. that's not good either I just think also that introverts get a bad yeah bad rep in terms of like what people think they are you're like some kind of like loner and you just like sit in your room and do nothing but like that's literally not the case it's not that you don't enjoy being around people it's just that you need to recharge and you find more like comfort in being on your own and like that's where you feel the most comfortable in right and it's not there's nothing to do with like you as a person it's just like how you feel the most comfortable and where you can gain most of your energy from yeah also I sit in my room and I don't do that I do lots of things I just do it by myself. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me. You know why my guys, you know why my bedtime is so late? Like, you know why my sleeping pattern is so mash up? I read this thing and it and it honestly like it just made so much sense to me. Have you heard of uh, it's called like revenge, revenge timekeeping or something like that? <clears throat> um, and it's basically about how basically in the day when you've got things to do so like if you're at work you're at uni and stuff like that and then you only get like a very limited amount of time to yourself you end up staying up later oh, to yeah. like reclaim that time for yourself yeah. even if it's last me like if I me no matter what what the situation is where I am what I've done with my day if I don't have a couple of hours to myself before I go to sleep I will stay up until I've had that time no matter how late it yeah. is whether that's still like even if I don't get into like midnight 1am I will stay up till 4 5am because I need to have yeah. that time I'm very guilty of that as well and it's like even if that becomes at the sacrifice of your sleep like even yeah. if it means you're getting three four hours of sleep as long as you've had that time to yourself at the end of the day yeah that's what kind of re- resettles your mind mm. I'm very guilty of that but I think the problem is that whilst maybe in the olden days if that had happened then you would come home and you could have timed yourself maybe watching a bit of tv or just lying in your bed self-meditation whatever Mm. now it's like time to yourself automatically turns into like scroll 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 like exactly for sure also it makes me realize i think i'm gonna really struggle if i ever have kids because you get no time to yourself as a mother, right? Like oh, having a little baby screaming. That's why I've been, you know, recently I've just been having bare existential crises. That's why when you asked me how's work, I was like, oh, I can't even, I, I can't even go into it right now. Because now I'm thinking like my, my life in the run up to it this entire past week before I started work, guys, I've been so miserable as in I, I was not able to stop thinking about the fact that my life is not my own now. Because that's actually it that's actually it like that's this is my career now for the rest of my life I'm never gonna have my I'm never gonna have my own life back and then I'm gonna get married and then I'm gonna have children and then I'm gonna have responses oh my god <laughs> I feel like my youth is just slipping away from me you guys well, speaking of which we've got a birthday coming up yeah Carlos the big two five quarter century let's do you yeah uh, tell us about how miserable you are um I don't think it's really setting to be honest I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day and I was like especially because like I trimmed my beard and I was like yeah I'm not 25 like I don't look 25 anymore like feel like I don't feel I don't know I do feel that old and I don't I think it's more like the idea that the next big birthday is 30 that's the weird thing like yeah, uh, don't say that <laughs> well at least you're cushion my fall again, Halima. Speaking of, um, obviously, Halima, you were saying that that's your life set. You're not going to, like, do anything anymore. 
well, what if there was a way for you to risk your life and potentially get a load of money that you could live for the rest of your life on, but you had to risk your life for it? Wait, say that again. What if what? Basically, would you enter Squid Games? Oh yeah! Guys, guys, I've seen it now. I've watched it. I've watched it. Do you remember last time we spoke? I'd only watched one episode. I didn't like it. I um I forced myself to watch it because this girl on my course was like she hated the first episode as well. She's like, you just have to like power through. I was like, all right, calm. I'm gonna watch it. And then you guys made me watch it. Yeah, it's good. Spoiler alert. Um, Yeah, guys, I was gonna say a disclaimer. I've watched and finished it. We're going to be discussing it. We're also, where have you been at this point? That's coming from me. You watched it really late. I saw a stat today. 50% of Netflix's entire subscribers have watched it. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. 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 It's just over budgeting by like 30 million or something. <sighs> so, first off, guys, thoughts on the actual series? Very good. Very poignant in terms of like what it touches on in t- from like a societal perspective um it was made fantastically well yeah such a well-directed show could not have predicted the ending if i wanted to to be honest you know what my sister did <laughs> she said it was the old man she said it was the old man and i was like shut up man you're stupid no nah. nah, i really didn't think it was i just thought it was a live <coughs> No, me neither. I was bare shocked. And then I w- became really attached to the characters. You know, in that final game with the marbles, not the not the walking on the glass, mm. one, but the marble game. Mm. <clears throat> when the two girls, when the main yeah. girl character and um, the other girl character, I forgot, sorry, I've forgotten both their names. Yeah. Um, I was sobbing, sobbing. It was mm. sad. It was sad. It was really sad when the old man died, only for him to turn out to be. No, I didn't. I, I did cry at the old man dying. I cried. More at the girl, and then also the Asian guy, Ali. Yeah, Ali. Yeah. Justice for Ali. Then Sangwoo killed yeah. him. Sangwoo got what he deserved. What's the main girl's name? I've forgotten now. Um, I think it's like Seung. Yeah, like I that. think maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that woman, and, and guys, I need to say that woman. She must have been like GMO or something. Like she must have been Where? made of or something. Yeah, that 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 is genetically crafted. And face. also the uh, police officer character. Oh yeah. I don't know. I, didn't feel, I don't know. I, mm, no, I'm in love with him. Really, I prefer. I think the other one is uh, the guy. The guy who gave out the red and blue cards in the beginning. I think he. Uh, the police like cup of tea. Like that girl though, bloody hell. <laughs> even when I was watching it, I even when I was watching it, because we watched it like the day it came out. So this was before she got like all her hype and everyone oh, was yeah. Like, when I was watching it, I'm not even joking, guys. Literally every episode I'll be like, I'll be I'll be like literally rubbing my eyes, like this woman, like she's bloody stunning. I can't believe it. <laughs> Real. She's literally 10 out of 10. Um I'll tell you what I did predict was the main man. The weird, the weird guy with the black mask. I predicted that being the brother. The brother, so did yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was kind of obvious. Yeah. What did you guys think of the ending? I was so upset first of all that the policeman died. I'm hoping that obviously there's going to be a season two. You know, they can't have that much success and not make a season two. But I'm hoping that somehow whatever he sent to his police chief got out. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. You know, because the brother purposely shot him on the shoulder in it to make him fall into the water. Yeah, I've hmm. seen people survive survive worse in movies. Exactly, exactly. Like there's there's at least then there's a chance of survival. We didn't see the body and and that yeah. that in that storyline, like the two brothers and how the brother got to being the the you know the leader and all of that wasn't fleshed out. Yeah, so, I saw yeah. something that said that if there's a season two, that's what it's going to focus on, like the yeah. front man and his history. Yeah, no, I saw another one that it was like <laughs> season two. It's going to be um, the main guy Ji Hoon like infiltrating a game from the workers perspective oh like, yeah, the has something to do with his like yeah. no, no 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 the main character no well, that's it's what he did pet him yeah did basically what the police officer did or like something something along those lines that he like infiltrates the next game that happens somehow can we also discuss um obviously shout out to g and i'm sure he's feeling himself but 
What's I in the red hair? I don't, I don't get it. There's some symbolic was I, I read it. I read online the the director apparently himself said that it's symbolic of his inner anger and rage. Makes Bit random. Interesting. Makes sense. Um, I personally like. I don't get me wrong. Like I really enjoyed it, but the ending there was something that to me I felt like I maybe wanted a bit more. Like I did feel was a bit. Sorry, the ending was I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I mean, I liked I liked the plot twist, but then I think he's like, writing it down. Huh? Yeah, I'm writing down the Halima swore at this time. Oh, so I can oh my god. Um, I basically I like that they gave <laughs> I like the plot twist and it was like a big reveal and, and everyone had that it had that great shock factor, but then I felt like they didn't build off the momentum of it. Because mm. I feel like they needed to do yeah. more with it. They needed to give it more oomph, more surprise. It was like a great big, like, ooh, like that. And then it just dropped It was slow. It was slow. The stupid game. Like, it was just, like, just quite empty dialogue. What felt like empty dialogue to me. Yeah, I don't like it. It, was it kind of disappointed me that he didn't do anything with the earnings. Like, he just felt, like, so guilty yeah. and bad about it that he just kind of kept it all in the bank account and obviously I like that he went and got that girl's brother from the orphanage and like sorted yeah. him out yeah but like after a year like but you literally yeah. put him in an orphanage for a year for nothing no, but I feel like that's, it's supposed to be like that and after this whole thing he was like I'm gonna do this to become a to finally to become a dad to my daughter and then as he's getting on the plane walks back no, because I think that's um, that's the whole point. Like he didn't go, he didn't do anything with the money because it just because the cost of the money and it goes to show like sometimes the cost is not worth it. Do you know what I mean? Like the damage is too much, and then he didn't get his, he did, he waited a year to put amends to other people because the guy was traumatized. Do you know what I mean? Like he was debilitated for an entire year. I think that's what the whole point is to show like the extent the extent of because he's the only living person where we can see the consequence of the games right everyone else is dead you can't see how it's played out i think Mm. if his mother had survived like she was alive when he'd gotten back then it wouldn't have hit him that hard exactly that's what it was was you know that meme i've won but at what cost i'm sure you guys saw the um like fish people complaining about the quality of the subtitles in english yeah Um, we discussed this last week i think did we like mm. I just it made me realize that like, they probably were like some of the subtitles came across like very basic and I could just I kind of inferred that they were saying something a lot more like powerful in Korean mm. yeah but I feel like that's always kind of <clears throat> someone the person who made that initial video <coughs> they made the point about bad translations but then someone else made another video and said it's not translations it's just closed captions and the translations were actually different but I feel like that's always that's always the case when you're translating from one language to another. Like there's always going to be some kind of barrier. Mm. Yeah. What I don't get is people that watch the whole thing in dubbed. Like I, how I there's um you know that podcast it's really violent if you guys have heard of it it's called tiny meat gang and the guy on there was like he watched like the first episode completely dubbed and everyone came for him and they were like what is wrong with you and he was like i didn't know you could watch it in korean but i did because it automatically you watch the english dub version so it was like we used to play squid game like, <laughs> like american <laughs> and then he watched it in, in american like american english and then he was like oh you can watch it in korean with english subtitles like it makes so much sense everyone came yeah. in literally i i started with the um like dub just like to see what it was like and literally it was like the first line was just um jihon like saying times are hard and i was just like <laughs> no, no, absolutely <laughs> i did the same with i did the same with money heist thinking i'm not gonna have to watch it in spanish watch like 10 seconds of it dubbed english and i was like this is awful just switched it back to spanish but i think it's a very good hallmark of a show where you can watch it in a foreign language like you know it's got this many hits and you know the majority of the world speaking i, I don't even know if that's right anymore but english i'm going to say it might be like mandarin or something but yeah and um, now they're watching it in like a different language i think that just speaks to a lot of people's like ignorance and reluctance like i, I remember was gonna say guys when... for me, i always watch things and because I, I watch a lot of like foreign cinema but i'm kind of used to watching it in foreign languages like i i actually yeah. prefer to not watch things in english it was very interesting because i've only ever watched series in different languages and they've been in spanish so like money highs narcos that kind of stuff um 
watching the one in Korean was very interesting because it's like a whole different language I've not really gotten to experience. It's very different. It's a very different language. Mm. And the cultural meanings, like that's why the whole translation thing doesn't really work. Whereas if you're watching Spanish, obviously it's another like European language. So the similarities are there. What was everyone's favorite um, game? You know, my favorite scene in all of it was that tug of war scene when um yeah. they were all like breaking it and then the old man you know when they were it was the old man was narrating it and then they were showing them doing the actions as he was narrating it i really really enjoyed that it was very well made like from i think from a production point of view however it was too predictable because they were never just going to kill all six main characters in one go were they it was like they were obviously going to mm. clutch it yeah well yeah true no but it, it was it, yeah you knew they was going to make it but you didn't know how they was going to make it do you know what i mean so the, the the like the way they played it out was really because what other instance is there where you have a physical game and you're going up against like fear sorry you're going up against um physical like strength from another team and and you still come out on top yeah you know I mean? like, there's not very many instances where tactic yeah. beat, like just sheer physical mm-hmm. brute. no it was definitely clever i just i just like there was not one point where i felt like oh this could go like they were all gonna die like they're definitely gonna really die. no i didn't think they were gonna die but it was still really suspenseful i thought my yeah. favorite game was probably the uh glass yeah so oh, God, just it was because it was like that was people are gonna die <laughs> but you know apparently the actors themselves said it was really scary to make to be a part of that scene was terrifying they said yeah, hmm. i can imagine i think as well what i don't get is like why did they not like stick their um, foot out or find stuff like go and get the shoes and you could throw them onto the glass and see if it breaks oh my god i didn't even think of that like why would they not do or they could have walked on the metal bars on the sides Mm, i did think why did no one like crawl on the metal bar yeah yeah i don't know i just feel like the whole thing was a bit like "Mm." but at the same time for a fact though guys you know them man that left and never came back i'll be part of that group yeah oh yeah for sure for sure but then it's like they do make the point of obviously like they go out and you realize that yeah, that all these people in it are in such bad situations. Mm, true. But that so. one, remember one guy even said he was like, it's so much worse out there than it is in here. Because <clears throat> mm. they had, I, I, remember, I remember it was 93% retention, 93% of them came back for mm. it. So like they literally, nearly everybody came back. What I don't think was fair was like the 200 odd people that got killed in red light, green light. That's like, point, isn't it? Yeah, but they did. They obviously didn't know that they were going <laughs> to die. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the contract did say, but it said eliminated. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's what the point of the that, that's what the point of that game is because it's not like tactical or physical prowess. It's about having nerves of steel, isn't it? Because the reason most people die is not because they don't make it, but because they then panic and then try and run away, isn't it? But also, I know I would run. Like, if you came to this place thinking, like, oh, you're in your country, there's, like, laws in place, there's, like, you know, and then you're just part of this game, there's all this money at play, and they're like, oh, you're just eliminated. Oh, you just go home and go back to your family, like, cool. And then they just start shooting people. You're going to run. I don't think I would, you know. I think I'd either drop to the floor or I'd stand still and I'd try to evaluate. I don't think I would run. Because you know what? You know fight and flight? Mm-hmm. I think I think in most situations, I would just I would just stand still. I suppose you don't. It's always like those situations where you kind of think like, oh, if I was in like some kind of disaster or something like that, like how would I act? But then it's like in reality, would you actually act that way? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like what's called hindsight is like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know I'd run. I know I would run. <laughs> Especially if everyone else too. is. Huh? If everyone else is as well, you're, you're bound to like kind of like follow seen, the crowd. Like you've never seen someone get shot. You've never seen a dead body before. And all of a sudden there's like 50 in front of you. And you're thinking like, oh, damn, like i got to get out of here. Yeah. Also. That's, that's why I didn't like the first episode. Sorry, that's why I didn't like the first episode. That's why I got put off Squid Game because it was mm. so brutal. And I was just like, hey, I don't like this. But then obviously I got told to stop with it. Also, like literally... Can we talk about before? Obviously, the revelation at the end. The old man was literally my favorite character, but in reality, he's actually like not a very nice person. Like he's literally orchestrated this whole thing for so that him and his rich friends can 
have fun. And then he's like, oh, I'm dying. I might as well take part. And even then, he doesn't do it properly. Like in red light, green light, it wasn't. I mean, that's what the whole premise it. of the of that's what the whole premise of the show is. How like the rich use, like they treat the the, the lives of the poor as like disposable. It's when he said in the it's when he said in the taxi or limo or whatever it was, and he was like, "You bet on horses, we bet on you. You are our horses." Yeah, exactly. Like it's like it's like you know, it's an for capitalism, isn't it? Yeah. Like you know the, the final game with the glass tiles and it, it obviously all before that all those VIP people arrived. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of like Get Out, you know, when all the people arrive for the auction and then they go for that like party and they're like acting like it's a normal thing to do, a normal thing to be there and then they're watching something really horrific take place. And it's just like, entertainment. in real life. I, I was just about to ask that, probably. Well, well, you know, in The Purge, have you seen The First Purge when they have- like, Yeah, the- it reminded me of The Purge, yeah. yeah. That you know, you like in the purge. There's rich people that buy, yeah, so they can do like a in a civilized like, way, like, like yeah, or... taking it. I actually do think stuff like that happens. I mean, on yeah. a wider scale, yeah, it's capitalism, but I do think, yeah, for sure, more twisted yeah. things like that happen. But I think <laughs> as a final point on Squid Game, if say you were in it and you didn't have the option to leave at what point do you reckon you would have right, if yeah. not red light green light i think i would survive the candy game because i'd pick a simple shape i would never go for umbrella yeah mm. what was after that took of war depends who was on my team took of war depends on your team yeah. well does it though true yeah, listen, it wouldn't be me that's doing all put tactic and strength and all of that. I'm anemic, innit? What was the one after Tug of War? Um, marbles, like complete look. After that, it's oh, just I would have won that. I would have yeah. won the marbles one. I would have won the marbles one because I just would have finessed my way out of that. Sangwoo. Right, yeah. yeah. I would have sangwooed it, I'm not gonna lie. And then um the, the last trials one. one. It all depends. It literally nothing, it doesn't depend on anything else but the order you took the little vest yeah. in. What do you think you would have got? You reckon you would have gone for a larger? I would have gone middle, I reckon. I would have gone for middle. middle. Something like 10. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I I still don't understand how Squid Game works. Like. Oh, yeah. No, I don't understand that at all. No. But it pretty much just turned into a fight to the death, let's be honest. Like. Yeah, that's kind of what they assumed it would be like. It's just Squid Game with knives. (laughs) Yeah. I also don't think it was fair how um, the main girl. Um, got she killed by the glass. Out. Yeah, like literally, it wasn't that, was, that wasn't even part of the game. Like, it's not her that fault. Annoyed me. That, annoyed me. that annoyed me as well because they just they needed to have two finalists. And I think I thought that was a bit, I was kind of expecting, like, okay, obviously, you know, like, basically, they build investment in it in a range of characters, and you know, like, okay, cool, you can't, you're in, you're gonna have to say goodbye to some of your favorites and whatever else. But I thought at least more than one would survive. I thought there was gonna be like a Hunger Games thing, you know, at the end when Katniss and Peter they both, yeah, you know, they both did, the winners. I actually did predict after the first episode that it'd be the ending would be more of a like unionized takedown of the structure. Exactly, that's what I thought. An actual winner, like they actually saw it through to the end and got a yeah. winner. I thought it would be more of like a like a almost democratic like way that they took down you know the people in the red jumpsuits and that kind of stuff oh i also saw another theory that you know when they play the initial game where they get slapped yeah that the red and the blue card oh yeah someone went through and they saw that everyone who ended up as a player took a blue card hence why they got in those like green blue jumpsuits and everyone that took red cards ended up as the managers and the supervisors and the triangle circle square face people yeah, sort of um and because they're like obviously they have to follow really strict rules they're in horrible conditions as well they often they um, probably are in then in debt on the outside world as well okay. they're like literally in the same situation as the players they just have like obviously they have to put the game out so first of all to quote um tommy robinson what about Little Mix? Like, so cute as anyone. What do people um, think about Little Mix in general? Like, I actually, I do rate Little Mix. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm going to see them next um, year, actually, with my but friends. Anyway. Yeah. Not good for you, man. Happy for you. I don't really have any special thoughts about Little Mix. Yeah, me neither. They're just like, they're like, they're good for 
the audience who they market to, you know, young girls and stuff like is that kind of music. And like if I was if I was a young teenager and Carlos, I would be really into them. Yeah. But I don't know, like I just feel like obviously again it was Talisa who said this, so I was a bit like mm. but she when they were on X Fats, she was like, you are like sort of representing like girls of the world. And I think they always kind of have had that bit of they weren't um trying to be anything that they weren't yeah. well, well, well we'll get on to that but uh, like, yeah. they weren't at that time they weren't they weren't trying to um like be oh wait we want to be overtly sexy sexy not that there's anything wrong with that but they, that wasn't that wasn't like their thing you know what I mean like it was always about like the music sort of thing um and yeah, I haven't minded them. And I think, like, as the years have gone by, I think it's been really impressive how they've always, like, stuck together sort of thing. And I don't think their music has necessarily gone, um, what's it called, decreased in quality. However, um, obviously, like, a year ago, um, Jessie left. Um, and I think I can't, when she left, I kind of I got it. Like, I understood where she was coming from and I was prepared to kind of give her the benefit of the doubt because I do get how what she was saying about she was always going to end up comparing herself to the other ones like because of obviously she'd been through all that body shaming and stuff when she was an x-factor I think that had really messed with her head um and it's even it, with some people no, no matter how much you tell them they're never gonna feel comfortable unless they take themselves out of that situation However, I mean, she garnered a lot of sympathy, didn't she? Like a lot of yeah, people oh my God. were like rooting for her. A lot of people, mm. like her story touched a lot of people, resonated yeah. with a lot of people. You know. Yeah, I mean, obviously she did that documentary as well. But I will say, when she did the documentary, it was very obvious that she wasn't yet in a fully um, positive place mentally, and it was very obvious that she was still very self-deprecating and looking at pictures of our old self and be like oh I hate how I looked here and I'm just like I feel like if you're making a documentary about positive positive body image you shouldn't do it when you're still not comfortable in yourself in any form like she like she very clearly still wasn't all right like it yeah. was kind of like yeah. she was she, for her <laughs> it's kind of like from this perspective of oh yeah I'm at this place now where I've gone on crazy diets and I've done this I've done that and now I'm happy you know what I mean like the shift now in public opinion though is crazy because i remember when the documentary came out how many people had sympathy for her like crying at the documentary it resonated with a lot of females i think and it just mm. was it, it did like it was a very like groundbreaking thing that came out yeah so to see how it's changed now it's interesting. There's well, one way to botch a rebrand, that's it. Yeah. Having said that, so obviously the, the issue is, we I don't think we've even really set, vocalised it, but the issue is the whole kind of like black fishing thing, mm. um, which I, I want to like make a distinction here and not call it black fishing and call it mixed fishing because um we have to be honest and like we have to be honest to the way that racialization works and we have to be like I've seen a lot of like you know like full black women or like darker skinned black women come forward and be like are you guys aware of what black women look like for you to call Jesse Nelson like black fishing um they're not trying to look like black women because black like they are because of the way that desirability politics plays out like people don't try to look like black women they try to look like mixed race women who are um still they still enjoy semblance some semblance of like you know light skin privileged and mixed privilege and and all that kind of stuff so um i think it's important for us to like actually make that clear yeah the um, term the term i've seen is ethnic smudging yeah yeah, yeah. Smudging, mixed mixed fishing all yeah. these things and, and it's a and it's a much wider trend than just jesse nelson doing it it is like over the past couple of years i have seen a number oh, of yeah. like, a number of like exposés on like you know certain um like white women influencers and stuff like that their before and after pictures and it is mental it's actually nuts bro mm. um but and, it's, not even, it's not even just celebrities and influencers it's like on the ground your regular people as well yeah, so your average get 500 girl like oh yeah the fact that the fact that in liverpool i got mistaken a lot of times quote unquote i thought you were a white girl with tan on 
And then I like they'd talk to me. They'd say, "Oh, what's your name?" I'd say Simran. They go, "Oh, that's ethnic. Where's it from?" Open oh, job. Oh, I thought you were white girl with tan. I would say on more than like three or four occasions happened to me. That's not. And I don't think I even have particularly Eurocentric features. I don't really don't think I do. So no. I just like, it's just nuts. Like it's so normalized now to color your skin to a point where people who actually belong to that skin color are being mistaken for white people. Yeah, I honestly feel like it will have been because you've got um, darker skin and bigger lips. I automatically be like, yeah, like must be like yeah, that's immediately what they because that's just what they see as <laughs> the ideological like um what's called standard of beauty currently is like you're saying this current like ethnic smudging kind of oh what 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 are you like you know you seem so mysterious you're so um well exotic like that sort of thing like it's obviously like the reason why this is like for those of you who aren't kind of aware of the conversation and the discourses surrounding like ethnic smudging or mixed fishing or whatever else it is so harmful because the the women that that like say for example you take a white woman and the women that these white women are fashioning themselves after you know like mixed race women asian women whatever else um with their tans and their hair choices and their you know fashion choices and stuff like that those same women are suffering from being victims of desirability politics like how often do we see like um you know black women or like asian women being uh portrayed as they're, they're just completely like desexualized in like mainstream society right they're seen as undesirable um and now all of a sudden there are white women who want to um like mimic our skin tones and you know like mimic black hair or black fashion and whatever else and now all of a sudden that is the ideal of beauty but and and the things with that you know ethnic features like big lips and and all these things and it's like back in the day like you would get bullied for having like certain features right and now it's literally in and and they're getting like fillers and all these things to like emulate features that they're not they don't even belong to your phenotype just (laughs) think about like do you remember like the early noughties where it's kind of like the low-waisted jeans and the bleach blonde hair Mm -hmm. and that was like the way to be like I remember because I remember growing up as a um like what's it called cis heterosexual boy growing up in the early noughties I remember that to me was like sold as the definition of like oh like yeah blonde non-white woman will know any non-white woman will know specifically what it is that 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 society deemed her to be unattractive for whether it's her skin color her nose shape her lips her eyes her hair you know non-white women all like up and down this country will it's an unspoken thing do you know what I mean but now all of a sudden like white women have decided like that's what's in um and then obviously as well there's the whole conversation about cultural appropriation and then specifically in the case of like Jessie Nelson and her like bad boys video it's you know the the song is called like bad boys and a lot of the cast in her, her music videos are like black men um wearing like donning like typical kind of like black fashion you know like wife beaters and loose jeans and tim boots and wearing grills and do rags and all these things and she's even talking about like you know i like them with grills in their teeth and all of that which again is like typical kind of like black fashion i like them so hood yeah why so she's talking about so hood and then she has like a load of black men in the video like it's tapped Mm. it's actually tapped but to make things worse Mm. miss mickey minaj Oh, uh, I was gonna say, where did she come into this? How did that happen? She's, she's on the song. Her own problems right now, wouldn't it? That's what's going on. Which, and this is really sad, by the way, guys, because I used to really be like a, I used to be a really big Nicki Minaj fan, and like, she has been really impactful to like, the music industry, and like, you know, she's genuinely so talented and so significant. But she has gone out sad. She has gone out sad. Like, if it wasn't her situation, I mean, her her literal like husband is a, a literal sex offender like I swear she was like harassing the victims of her husband 
right but then now she's here talking about like mental health this mental health that like it's it's actually nuts you know it's crazy it is also like sorry go on Simran just quickly I'm saying Nicki Minaj went outside when all these other female rappers started coming up and she got really salty but that's sorry that's what I'm gonna say Mm. yeah it's a shame because like obviously she did like she was iconic like then but now it's just but it was defend her you can't defend her but people do, man. I swear to God, Nicki Minaj stands are aggressive on the social barbs. media. You say anything against Barb's, man, yo, they will come for you and they'll find your address. Mm, oh. Barb's going to turn up at Pi Radio. They're, <laughs> they won't bother to come up the stairs. It's fine. Yeah, fine. <laughs> when they see but, their stairs, <laughs> But the thing that made, that made me so upset and I think that has made me kind of feel even more in little mixes um corner of this like boxing arena if you're gonna call it like that was the way that nikki was going in at leanne and mm-hmm. over what were not um authenticated dms i'm pretty <laughs> sure i've seen like a thread that kind of proves that they were fake anyway and it's like the it's very much like like why would leanne respond to some random influencer from birmingham saying um saying all that stuff like you know what i mean which that random influence like called no one like i'm not very impressed that they've kind of waded in and just caused a little drama for what for clout like no but it's the way that nikki was just like i don't know i i actually watched the whole live and um literally it was like for 10 minutes nikki was just going on and on calling me yeah calling liana clown like saying this that like and Jesse was just sitting there, having nodding or laughing along with it. Like that's your documentary about being kind people. Yeah, exactly. Like, and Leanne literally just giving birth to twins, <laughs> and she's black. And also, Leanne is black. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it just for Nikki to take down Leanne in that way. And come to the defense of Jesse, who at the end of the day is a white British woman, especially when everything happened with Miley Cyrus back in the day and Nikki was all going in on her. It's very obvious that Nikki, in my opinion, has acted a bit like a sellout because she's clearly just going for wherever the money is. She's seen, oh, there's issues and people are saying that Jesse's done this, Jesse's done that. It might affect the sales of this song. So she is trying to. <laughs> Even if it's not rectifying it, she's just stirring the pot, like because she knows how to cause beef. That's what she does. Like it's just also, sad. Second to laugh at the fact that this girl said she's naturally tanned and it was. I'm very lucky that I can tan this much. she's literally she's she's a white yeah like she's she's white she's she gets her curls white. from her dad guys oh yeah and oh, her dad is like a white british man with straight hair <sighs> please clarify i think it just really speaks on what i'm gonna call toxic tan culture and it's mm. just so painful at this point like how normalized tanning has become and i've not and i think i said this before like i've not got a problem with tan to an extent like to give you a little glow a little sun-kissed vibe but when you're tanning to a point that you are resembling a whole different race than the one that you were born to mm. that's when it becomes and the race that you're racist too as well yeah because you want to take the good parts of our race like our the features that you think are, are you know have sex appeal and, and the skin color and the food and the jewelry and the clothes and stuff like that but when it comes to the oppression mm. the colonialism us, us trying to un, un, unlearn generational generational trauma and colonial pasts no blind eye to be fair i did once call out molly may over that because she posted a picture and i was literally like this is ridiculous so i like posted it however in the past year she's posted to her story saying that apparently she has indian heritage so (laughs) we may feel like one great 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 yeah ancestry.com said some back in the day (laughs) anyway bring her on the show yeah exactly like you, you're based in hail barns like come on it's only down the road you know what i mean but yeah no it is ridiculous and also the thing that really irked me as well was how jesse was persistent in saying oh no one raised anything when i was in little mix it's only when i left 
that's not true we've been saying this yeah. for ages like I remember when she posted that picture of her um, with braids like three years ago and it was literally like what are you doing like mm-hmm. you just chose to ignore that and you can't say oh maybe my team did that because like you know like you know like you, you just know you know what I mean it's impossible to avoid stories like that when you're a celebrity even if you don't look at the news you're going to see that and you have PR and stuff that they tell you these things even if you don't want to see it yourself yeah and it is also the way that she spoke or the way that both her and Nikki said how she was in the band for nearly 10 years with two other women of colour and no one actually raised anything until the very last music video that she did, which that whole point is just irrelevant because at the end of the day, it's not people of colour's duty to actually call you out on where you're going wrong. Like, you can't put that on them. They're already going through so much. Like, you need to educate yourself. And you can't complain, like, say, like, oh, they had 10 years. Why did they not say anything? And also, it's one of those things where women of colour don't feel it's, A, their duty, like you said, but B, that they have the space to say that they don't feel comfortable enough. Because when you call out these things, you you risk of you you play the risk of running into the trope of being the angry you know black woman or the angry colored woman that we've seen so many times in media that it unfolds and you get portrayed as the villain because you're trying to point out things that in the grand 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 scheme of things worse things are happening than people aggressively tanning obviously we know that when you try and point things out like that you do run the risk of looking crazy even though it's a completely valid point but i would never bring that up to the to the girls that i know that tan darker than i do even though they're not my race or, you know, they're English and stuff like that. I would never, ever bring it up because it's not worth to bring the conversation up. Yeah. It's not worth spoiling the mood or bringing up or creating tension. I think people also take, like, what they see as the easy way forward. Like, because I know that Jade has spoken about this as well. Um, So her her mum's heritage is um, North African. And she, I remember she's talked before about growing up in, um, like, um, just outside Newcastle um, she was like bullied a lot growing up like which is incredulous when you think about it when you actually look at look at her compared to some um, other people who are North African have more a lot more distinct features but she was um, bullied a lot and called like a darkie and this and that and thrown bleach in her and whatever but when she came into the little mix obviously that was like it was like this new world in London, like in London as well, where things are so much more ethnically diverse. And suddenly she was white passing and she had she spoken about this in, in Leanne's documentary and being like, oh, I kind of realized that, oh, I was white passing. So like, why would I then kind of stir the pot? You know what I mean? Like, because like, why, why would you want to draw hate to you? Like, But this is an interesting like um, comment on like racialization and like the fact that, uh, not trying to get too much into like, my academic bag, but like racialization is first of first and foremost like I mean it's a science, it's a visual exercise, and it's in flux. So people think that race is a fixed construct, and it's actually not. Um, like your the way that you are racialized changes with how like social factors like around you change. Like there is no one fixed instrument of race. So like what constitutes a black person in in one socio-political historical era might change in a different one um so i mean this is a very interesting discussion in general to be honest with you about racialization and stuff like that but there are also then just certain examples where a white woman is always a white woman (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, well yeah you're right maybe it would be something interesting to discuss in more detail further down the line but to kind of round this up I just in my opinion again like I just really don't want it to be number one on my 25th birthday please (laughs) Uh, like I think as well I I don't even rate the song that much you know what I mean like it's all right but it's not really in my opinion I don't really think it's that much of a good debut single in my opinion and also you know what the budget for that video how did they get diddy on there i mean we why don't did have- he agree have- no. who that man is the devil that man is the devil don't even let me start on him who? of course he's gonna agree diddy. diddy of course he's gonna agree oh. to diddy. that man is the devil in Elima's opinion 
<laughs> right, so coming towards the end of the show now, we've just got a little bit of time left. And in the past few weeks, because we unfortunately missed last episode last episode because of um, COVID drama, but we've had Dominic Raab not knowing what misogyny is. We've had um, the Metropolitan Police Force dropping um, the case against Prince Andrew. We've Wait, got the Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, go on. Dominic Raab not knowing what misogyny is and Boris Johnson saying that they're not going to put concentrated efforts mm. into tackling misogyny because there's too much misogyny in the country. How can you, as Prime Minister, say it's above me now? This island is so is so misogynistic, it's above me now. Like, that's actually your job. That's actually your job. Like, when you think about misogyny and you think about the amount of like, legislative change that's going to have to be made to change it, who do you turn to? Who do you turn to? The person at the very top, the Prime Minister, yeah. is literally in charge of running the country. How can man say there's too much, there's too much mis- misogyny in the country? But I know that the main thing that you wanted to really get your teeth into today was more, more recent news, which has been Matt Hancock's new job. So I know it's for United Nations, right? So... <laughs> What do you know where do you know do you know where in the United Nations, Carlos? Where? The Economic Commission for Africa. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So Matt Hancock, Matt Hancock has been appointed a position in the UN's Economic Commission for Africa, which there are so many things to say about this. I actually don't know where to start. Like I'm so had a conversation with my friend last night who he he's just recently finished an internship at the very at the same Economic Commission for Africa. He's a West African guy. And we were genuinely like we were just flabbergasted because I want to first and foremost, what qualifies him? That's why I want to know what qualifies him. Because how do you go from health secretary? to then working for the Economic Commission for Africa, you're not even African. Yeah. And as far as I'm aware, you don't have any specialism in African politics, African healthcare policy, African healthcare like infrastructure. What 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 qualifies you first and foremost? Secondly, not only is he a, not only was he the ex-health minister, he's uh health sec was it health health secretary or health minister? Which one? I think health secretary, I'll double check. Health well whichever one, you know what I'm saying guys. But not only is he the ex-health secretary, he is a disgraced health secretary. That (coughs) there was literally an article, there was literally research that was done that said that he has massively, he had massively exacerbated the number of deaths during um, Britain's pandemic. Mm, Because of all the stuff that he did at the very start with telling um, old people who had COVID to go back to the uh, old people's homes, literally, basically, if we sit here and we talk about every disgraceful thing that he has done in his time as health secretary, we will actually, it's a whole episode in itself, Mm. everything from (coughs) deets in the British public, like doing up fraud on the British public, on the taxpayers' money, to like not taking the pandemic seriously, to not giving out correct advice, to not giving out um, like correct help and support. And like I said, just massively exacerbating. He is responsible like directly or indirectly for so many deaths during the pandemic that just did not need to happen, guys. Like I can't even sit here and begin to like I can't even sit here and be, I this I'm making that noise because even me as an articulate person I can't I don't have the words to articulate how disgraceful that man is. So why is he now in charge of the economic or why is he now been put in for the economic commission for Africa? Mm. Yeah, I'm also curious as to who's actually chosen him and like what. Also, it says a lot to whoever's done that because they know how much of how much disgrace he has gone through, how much public disgrace, how many people are not fans of him, yet they're willing to put him in that position. It makes me wonder why. Like I don't think I don't think it says anything. I think it just says a UN is a sham, which like if you know anything about anything, you already know that. Do you know what I mean? Like it is literally a ha- look, first and foremost, <laughs> this is what happens with 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 white men who are just at best incompetent and at worst like fatal right they're rewarded 
they actually rewarded any other profession if it was any other person who had failed and disgraced their job so to that such a great extent they would be demoted they would be fired they would like find it very very difficult to get any kind of job afterwards right they would not then go and work for what is supposed to be one of the most reputable like worldwide organizations in the world that 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 only happens to white men right that mm. white men only get to enjoy that kind of like upwards mobility when they have failed so disgracefully secondly we already know what the the like financial structural continuities of colonialism are in africa right now right in terms of the fact that um, we already know what the financial, we already know what the economic structural continuities of colonialism are in Africa, but in the fact that like so many African economies had been desecrated in the wake of like, you know, colonialism and they're in a lot of African countries, economies are in critical stages right now where they're still to this day trying to recover from, from as I said, the, the economic con like, continuities of colonialism. So it's absolutely crucial to put the right people in the right place. <coughs> Matt Hancock is not the right person and he's not in the right place like he's not gonna mm. do justice like if and it, oh, it's so perfectly anecdotal of the of the West's relationship with Africa and the global south at large where they really treat it as their playground it's a plaything for him this job is a plaything for him he's not I can guarantee you if that man did not give enough of if he did not care enough about white British lives to, to, to come correct, I'm sorry, he does not care about African lives. He doesn't, like, we've yeah. seen that. It's a demonstrated behaviour. I'm not saying that out of contempt. I'm not saying that. It's not even, a, like, I'm not even saying that out of my own, like, opinion. We, ha we have seen a demonstrated pattern of behaviour from Man Matt Hancock that shows he, he has, he doesn't care for human life, right? Mm. I think as well, like, we've obviously... Is, was the Tory conference recently, which again, I don't really understand why it takes place in Manchester given how red the city is. But um, I've seen like clips following that, and it was of the um, woman, I've forgotten her name, but she was basically the one that decided to make the most recent cut to Universal Credit. And it was just of her enjoying herself singing karaoke. And it's just a bit like, you've literally just done that. Like, how are you yeah. so like okay yeah. with yourself? Like, uh -huh, uh -huh. The Tories at large, they have an absolute contempt for life. Matt Hancock, as a health secretary, showed an absolutely disgusting, disgraceful contempt for life, right? And now he's been put in charge of an organisation that runs very, very, very critical programmes in a continent that has already suffered at the hands of white men. Like, I don't, I, I, this is not the, you know, we can look at it and we can be flabbergasted and we can be like, oh my God, this is so, most of the time with British politics is so ridiculous, we just always roll our eyes at it. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't really sit, sit, sit to like deep because we're paying the, the repercussions, but it's like, a, a, it's, it's a group of people who like, they haven't chosen him. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's, it's an entire continent that I can't, I can't even imagine how negatively impacted they will be by the policy making that he does in his role. But from, from his demonstrated behaviour in the past, I can guarantee you there will be some extent of devastation. And no one cares. <laughs> this is just acceptable it's actually just acceptable it's nuts like what is man what is what ask, answer my question what is Matt Hancock doing in the economic commission for Africa lips in someone again probably yeah probably if yeah it's just ridiculous it's actually just ridiculous like <sighs> Anyways, thanks a lot for tuning in, guys. Make sure that you are following at Pi Radio UK and also at Mango Masala Radio on Instagram. And yeah, we'll see you same time next week for another episode. Bye, guys. See you.